And welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games in Middle Earth podcast, all about the Middle Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry, and this is the first episode of Entmoot, which I must say I'm very excited about. Um, I've put a few little teasers up online, and hopefully uh, you're you're going to enjoy this very first episode. Uh, because until now it's literally just been a few teasers on the old Facebook page, uh, I want to give you an idea of what the what the podcast is actually going to be. And essentially, it's a combination of, uh, of talking about lists, of interviews, and a little bit of a, a game. So uh, it's tournament tales, riddles in the dark, and interviews, all centred around uh, basically a tournament here in the UK. So I, I've been part of the Great British Hobbit League on Facebook and in the actual league for the last year and a half, two years, something like that. Maybe I get, get a bit. It's it's becoming uh, stretching out. It feels like a, a lot a lot longer, but uh, it's only a couple of years now. Um, but it's it's become sort of. I suppose one of my obsessions at the moment and I probably just like you um, just can't get enough of uh, content relating to the Middle Earth strategy battle game especially with the new box set coming out that, that was awesome and all the new miniatures um, obviously there's there's loads of great uh, content out there including the Green Dragon podcast uh, hello to you guys if you're listening um, and also the, the GBHL channel including the Palantir which is fantastic um, and also lots of other stuff like i, I Oh, Zorpa Zorp Gaming on YouTube is absolutely brilliant as well. Um, and there's loads of other podcasts and uh, content from, you know, whether it's the Hobbits of Cheshire and, uh, you know, SPF or uh, all these various different places. Uh, but basically, um, I can't get enough of the content, so I thought I'm going to do something slightly different to what uh, a lot of other people do, which is kind of gathering in a room. Tis a gathering, uh, but uh, you know, I, rather than just sort of gathering around and having a chat, I'm going to try something a little bit uh, different by making it a mobile program. Uh, so essentially, rather than um, always always sitting around the room, I'm going to get a bit of action. Uh, a little bit of not not necessarily battle reports because that won't work um, as a podcast, but uh, talking to people in real life in kind of uh, conversational situations at tournaments. So uh, while I'm going to this tournament uh, coming this weekend, well, uh, when you're listening to this, it'll be the weekend just gone. Uh, it's into the Wilderland in uh, near Borstal in the UK. Um, I- I'm going to talk to uh, some of the players that I'm going to play against, and also. Uh, interview the the runner of the tournament, Mark Kempster, about the kind of you know what 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 what's the what the points lists are and uh, and all that sort of stuff. You know the the, the value the points values and and so on. So I'm I'm hoping that that this will have a little bit of a kind of journey vibe. So I'm going to sort of take you on a journey throughout uh, each podcast, uh, basically for every tournament that I go to, and also uh, of course time permitting, depending on the games, I'll try and chat to as many of my opponents. But crucially, uh, pin down the winner of each of these tournaments uh, talk about their list and uh, what tactics they've used 
So hopefully, I'm, I'm aiming this squarely at people who play uh, the, the Middle Earth strategy battle game on a, a kind of a semi-competitive basis, i.e., you know, people who really are regularly playing the game rather than those who are just getting into it. But that doesn't mean that if you're new to the game that you're not going to get anything out of it. Um, a, there's the, the, the chats with people about lists they're bringing and ideas they had and themes and things like that. But also, but also some of the tactics and ways to use those lists that could be really useful if you're just starting the game and could give you an insight into other people's play styles uh, if you're if you're a more experienced player. So uh, coming up throughout this uh, this program, I'll be uh, heading off to Borstal. And uh, I'll also be uh, be interviewing uh, Mark Kempster and also uh, pinning down the winner as well as chatting to a couple of people I play against uh, during the course of the tournament. Um, and also, uh, in a few minutes' time, I'll be playing a game of Riddles in the Dark, uh, basically a little little teaser game just to, just to keep you entertained, um, which you can get in touch with me about. Uh, if you have any questions about the podcast, entmootpodcast at gmail.com or search me out on Facebook, Entmoot Podcast. Uh, podcast uh, middle earth strategy battle game all that good ones, and you should be able to find uh, find it uh, but first of all i suppose it's about right about time to have a look at my list for the tournament this weekend so the uh, the the tournament this weekend is a 750 point tournament uh, no restrictions of any kind uh, so fairly straightforward it's a it's a 100 point event in the great british hobbit league so it's uh, it's worth more points than the sort of more fluffy events which means it's going to basically uh, have a lot of competitive lists so i guess uh, no restrictions there or well, that's the idea anyway that obviously not everyone is super competitive including people like myself because I'm in the tournament scene mainly just to play games because my uh, my time schedule doesn't really allow regular evening slots midweek. So, uh, but it does mean that I can bring really awesome fun lists to tournaments or really awesome filthy lists to tournaments. Uh, so, 750 points. That's what I've got to play with. And for ages, I've wanted to build um, my Sauron model. Uh, it's been sat in a little plastic box for over two years, um, if not longer. Uh, I know I had a Sauron ages and ages ago when I first got into the hobby, but then, of course, as we all do, we fall out of uh, fall out of the hobby at a period in our life and then come back to it. Um, so, basically, I, I wanted to paint my Sauron, and, well, what do you do with Sauron? Uh, I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll slot him into a, a list with the Witch King, because originally I was going to go with Shelob, Sauron, and loads of orcs, but I don't, I, I just didn't have the time to paint lots and lots of orcs this time, so I've got a few orcs already done, but meh, anyway, uh, so I decided, let's go with Sauron and the Witch King with a crown on a fell beast. So that's that's already uh, looking at oh, what was that? That's about two hundred points, I think I did. Let me just double check on my list. Uh, yeah, so two hundred points exactly, uh, because I've given the Witch King three might, uh, an extra five will, putting him up to fifteen will, and three fate, uh, and the crown of Morgul. So that gives me uh, two hundred points, um, and Sauron. That's four hundred points. Uh, so 600 points of the 750 already spent on two models so at this point I was like well I, I wanted to paint my Sauron did that, I wanted to paint a Witch King on uh, a Fell Beast because I haven't done that yet so I did that, I really enjoyed painting those um, they're awesome models so I didn't really know what to do with the other one I was going to try and get Shelob in uh, as well 
and all but then I, I was left with about what, 60 points to spend or like what do you spend 60 points on in a list with Sauron and a witch king and Shelob do you do you have like like, like 10 orcs with spears or something and I thought that that's just going to be rubbish because uh, if Sauron gets wounded then it's bro- they're broken even with that army bonus those orcs are just just going to be squished so I decided to drop Shelob just because of the maths did not let me do it and I think the witch king needs at least 15 will um, and then it needs the crown of Morgul these days you get your three attacks and you get the re-rolling on your casting so I thought well I'm going to take a leaf out of Edward Ball's book Ed Ball uh, a legend on the GBHL scene a winner of many tournaments uh, with all fell beasts the flying circus they call it um, all fell beasts uh, Ed Ball uh, uh, he's he's absolute champ at that and he will be at the tournament this weekend who knows he might win and I might end up talking to him in this podcast but I don't know that that's what's so exciting um, so I t- took a leaf out of his book and just threw a, a fell beast, another fell beast in there. Um, so actually, I, the, although it's a, it's a scary prospect, I think it's it's quite a, a, a squishy list because ultimately it's Sauron, uh, the Witch King, and a fell beast. And depending on what armies you've got, um, this could be really easy to kill with you know just lots of bows for example so uh so uh, yeah let's get let's get into that um so that what are my strategies and what am i scared of so um i'm scared of elves i'm definitely scared of elves with lots and lots of uh, strength three shots if you've got a line of high elves um you know high elf gun line basically with 30 elves 10 bows el- hitting on three strength three you know against my felbies that's going to chop me down pretty quickly so i'm scared of that and um, certainly the felbies and um uh, you know they're going to be scared of it i mean sauron's not bothered by pretty much anything he's defense 10 it's you know he's not bothered at all but the felbies and you know they're crucial for the movement i think um i'm also scared of uh, i i Having said this is this is probably one of the reasons I'm most scared of this is because I know I'm going to be playing it. Um, I'm playing the first game I've uh, in the draw for the tournament. I found out I'm going to be playing the new Riders of Theoden. Uh, Legion, which I'm very scared by because they all get the strength bonus on the charge so you're getting lots of strength 5 heroes charging into you, uh, all with strike, with gambling in his banner probably and they get free heroic strike so I'm I, I, for one turn so I'm pretty scared of that and um, that's going to be horrible, having to face um, all the heroes from Rohan, um, probably at least Theoden, Aemir, probably gambling at least, maybe Dernhelm and Elfhelm, you know I don't know, but either way I'm pretty scared of that because all the strength bonus makes it uh, a scary prospect against ring raids and felbies because if they win that combat after striking pff, you know that's a dead felbies and potentially a dead uh, uh, ring raid so uh, that, those are two of the things i'm very scared by uh, also what i'm what am i going to struggle with scenario wise obviously is uh, seize the prize um or uh, sorry heirlooms so uh, either of these i've got to dismount um, a felbeast which nobody ever really wants to do obviously i've got the ring raid on felbeast that would be brilliant this is why i kind of thought shelob might be worth having but at the very least actually no I don't I can just pick it up with Sauron that's even better so I can just flap around and try and stop people from getting uh, heirlooms while Sauron eventually gets the thing which would be great so those are the these are the couple of things I'm scared of uh, tactically it should be quite fun because um, I can hurl things into myself so if Witch King or the Ringwraith or Sauron are in combat they can hurl into each other 
in order to uh, to knock everyone in the combat down except the monster because of course they're strength six above so they don't get knocked down but everyone else does uh, they take a strength three hit as you expect but hey that doesn't matter when you've got defense 10 Zauron and defense six uh, witch kings and uh, various things like that so uh, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited uh, for this tournament um, it's going to be fun taking uh, three um, three models um, which is great uh, even if they are sort of a hard to transport models but still um so really excited about that so uh well i've, I've wrapped it on enough about my list i suppose it's almost almost time to uh, head to the tournament but first So this is where I play a clip from uh, one of the Lord of the Rings or Hobbit movies. It's usually going to be music and kind of uh, noises of like people rustling things um, and stuff like that. Uh, so it might be quite tough, but I want you to guess what the next line that somebody speaks in the film is. So I'll play a clip of audio. It'll go something like this. And then you need to tell me who speaks and what they say. Or you could give us a, a, an approximation if you think you know who speaks, you can't quite remember what they say, or if you remember exactly what they say but you can't remember who says it, then uh, fire over an email to entmootpodcast at gmail.com. That's entmoot, E-N-T-M-O-O-T, podcast, no spaces, at gmail.com. If you think you know the next line from this clip... And now, I suppose, after that, it's about time I got my stuff packed up. So, I'm going to finish off my uh, my box. I've got my box there. Sealing in my three ring wraiths, my two ring wraiths and Sauron. And then I'm getting my book. And then, let's head to the tournament. Right, I've arrived at the golf club, uh, golf hotel that uh, that the tournament is being held at here in Borstal. Uh, just travelled through uh, the the lovely, lovely uh, Buckinghamshire countryside to get here along some lovely windy roads and past lovely little village church. Very quaint. First, I'm going to talk to Mark Kempster, the tournament organizer. So, Mark, uh, well, thanks for welcoming me to into the wilderland here in the lovely Buckinghamshire. Uh, first of all, it, it, just tell us a little bit about the tournament, the the points levels, and and how many people we've got coming here so today? It's 750 points. Uh, the reason I went for that is I thought a lot of people would want to use it for Ardacon practice, mm. uh, which I think is 750. Mm-hmm. Um, the GT was 700 as well, so I thought was, most people would carry over their lists from that as well. Um, most of my older events have been smaller one-day events, so because it's a weekend, I thought I'll bump up the points, so... That's what I went with. Yeah, and of course, like you say, GT only a couple of weeks ago, 700 points, Ardacon uh, August. So yeah, it gives, it gives people a good time to practice yeah, those good, things. Yeah, good, good, good level to practice with and a good time to adjust if they're not happy with something, they can change it. Um, so yeah, that was the reason I went for that. Um, originally, I could have 40 people come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I had room to, you've seen the hall, it's quite big. Yeah. 
Uh, I think we originally said about 60 maximum with the, with the venue. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I had, I had 38, but I'm down to 28 now. Yeah. People dropped out, unfortunately, but um, the main, my main thing is to make sure I put on a good event for everyone. So I guess yeah. that's it. Yeah, people, uh, people have lives, so they <laughs> sometimes have to drop out the weekends. I understand that. Uh, uh, so we say that we've got about uh, 28 people, you say. Yeah. But um, also, you, as you mentioned, it's a 100-point it's a thing in the league. So it's one of the, the more competitive tournaments in the, uh, in the Great British Hobbit League. Yeah. Um, and that's something, a last-minute thing for you. Yeah, so I've done about four events so far um, locally. There have been mm-hmm. about 20 people, one-day events. Um, this was originally going to be my first 80 point GBHL event, um, which I was super excited for. Um, you know, it's like a step up really for me. Uh, and then obviously the GT clash with East Grinstead, which was meant to be held, which was the 100.7 event. Mm. Um, because that got cancelled, I was asked by the local seven rep to step up um, to a hundred point to, to put up an event. So I had very short notice to arrange this, but yeah, I was able to sort, sort that out and Go, go from there. Yeah, because um, this is the new l- structure for the Great British Hobbit League that has a Southern uh, Region League and a sort of Central League and a Northern League and things like that. Um, and also, I'm guessing, you've got lots and lots of tables and lovely scenery, quite a densely packed scenery. So I'm intri- intriguing ta- tactics-wise. You've got some that have got literally covered with marshes, some that have got some quite a lot of scenery. What, yeah, what was so, the thinking behind that? Um, my events have always I've always liked to be scenery heavy mm. the way I look at it is the middle earth is em- never empty you, you look in the movies it's beautiful scenery and it's very diverse mm. uh, quite a few events uh, and it's no disrespect to the organisers but they can be quite repetitive tables or very it's, it's very standardised so I try to make sure every table in a, in a, to a degree can have some sort of theme so I've got a, a Dead Marshes board which is mm. what I've been working on the most which I'm super proud of uh, which is all difficult terrain so it's going to be a very difficult board to play on yeah. I've got a Hobbiton board mm. I've got um, Oskiliath and you've got the uh, Pelennor Fields Pelinor which I'm fields, playing on yeah, yeah. I've got Pelennor Fields I've got uh, Dwarven Hall so it's all every board will play differently because of that but it just makes me more immersive as well for me I think for, for me that's an important factor is terrain because I don't want boards to feel sparse and empty, mm. but I want them to, every game, to feel unique and to be a more new, new challenge. I was going to say that immersion thing, that's the reason most of us are playing uh, Lord of the Rings rather than, say, Warhammer Fantasy or something else, yeah. uh, Hobby. It's because we want to be immersed in that world, and isn't it just fantastic when you've got uh, Hobbit holes to protect or, or dead mummer kill to try and fight around and things yeah. like that? It's amazing. Yeah, and... Uh, and most of it's been uh, see, a lot of it's kits that I've built up and painted up mm. um, or things that I've brought and painted up but I'll say a lot of it's been off my own back I'll say I'm a one man band yeah. and uh, it's been a, been a very stressful few weeks getting it all ready um, I mean I've got 13 tables set up in there I think at the moment or 14 tables set up in there at the moment mm. and I have enough to do 25 tables of yeah. kit so I had quite a bit of an option to do so yeah, awesome. um, but yeah I love terrain I think it's an important part of the game so. a- absolutely and like you say sometimes it, it, it can some some tournaments you end up going to and it's just blocking line of sight but actually it's the difficult terrain and the working maybe water rules and throwing some of those climbing rules and things yeah, like that it's just great to use all I feel rules. that generally you don't see a lot mm. of water rules and that's why I've got a river board uh, and the marshes board and mm. it's just trying to give a bit more variety because yeah. how often do you see a marshes board really yeah. that's why I was like I really want to do it so exactly reason. which is interesting as well because it doesn't block line of sight but of course it slows everyone down so it's going to be really hard if you're yeah. playing against a, say an elven shooty army to face up against that it's going to yeah, be horrible in terms of designing it um, originally my original concept was to be very very dense it's, mm. it's still fairly dense but I've left enough to fit like monster bases and stuff between the marshes so it's not overly difficult to play on mm. 
But someone like a all mountain cavalry, you're either going to get bottlenecked or you're going to have to risk going through the marshes. So it's got that sort of playability to it still that was my idea behind it so there's a bit of space but there's still a lot of difficult terrain um, so that was sort of the idea behind it I, I could have gone denser but if you go too dense the unplayability becomes a factor and, and, and finally um, the, the, you've had a, obviously been able to check all the lists and make sure they're all okay um, are, are there any lists that you think oh that's, that's a particularly good combination or, or something maybe that you haven't um, seen in the tournament scene so far I was very surprised by the lack of legendary legions, to mm. be fair. Um, the GT, we saw a lot of them. Uh, I think we got four in total mm. here, which is still a good, t- good number. I thought I was expecting more. Obviously, Return of the King has been the most popular out of the legendary legions. Um, no list has really stood out for me of being like that a winning list. Mm. I think there's a lot of very good lists here. I mean, it's a 100 point event, there's people going to bring good lists. Um, mm. Good variety. Mm. Um, I think. The Lord of the Rings era to Hobbit era, I think there's a nearly a 50-50 split. Oh, really? really? That's good. quite rare as well. Yeah, really good. Um, the good definitely outweigh the evil. Uh, I think nearly, I think it's about three quarters are good compared to evil. So mm. that's a... Yeah, I think that either shows that good slightly stronger, maybe, or people prefer playing good. Um, also, people had the option to bring both mm. to this event. It was an option. Um, a couple of people have done that. Uh, some of those people have bought themed as well so they got like uh, there's a foreign company and Azul's Hunter which nice. was really cool uh, so theme wise I love that list um, yeah it's a mixture like Derry's brought um, Radagast on Sled with Guahir and Eagles which I think is a nice little fun list to see mm. um, filthy though yeah, <laughs> lots of yeah. monsters and Radion Sled yeah, is pretty there's, horrible there's quite isn't a it? lot of monsters um, lack of fell beasts I thought there's only, there's only yeah. three, I think, here. I was going to say, I've bought two of them. So. Yeah, I think there's only three or four in total, which I think is quite an interesting thing. Uh, Rivendell's got a massive turnout this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I think there's five or six armies have got some form of Rivendell in them, which is quite a lot. Um, a lot of alliances going on with Rivendell at the moment, so I think they're quite strong. Fascinating. Well, thanks, Mark. Uh, good luck with your TOing job, and hopefully uh, we'll we'll have a have a fun tournament ahead of us, and we'll we'll see what what happens in the in the end. Thanks. Yeah, for, yeah, thanks for hosting. Us. That's no, no worries. I hope everyone enjoys it, and I look forward to doing another one here soon. And it's the first time at this venue as well, and so far it's the lovely. response has been really nice. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping to do get a good rep here with the venue. So host here again, nice big open space. So yeah, brilliant, right. brilliant. I'll catch you later then, Mark. No, Cheers. Yeah, thank you. From there, it was to war against Theoden's riders in the fog of war. Right then, so we've just finished our first game, game number one. Uh, Will Champion, just first of all, uh, give us an idea of what's in your army list uh, for this epic uh, fog of war matchup. Sure, so my list was the legendary legion of Rohan. Mm. Um, so it had Theoden, Gamling, Dernhelm, Elfhelm, and Deorwine, which I keep getting confused. Um, and then a smattering of riders of Rohan and Royal Guards uh, just to try and replicate that awesome epic charge in uh, the Battle of the Palinor Fields and, and to be fair it, you did exactly that or that you got one round of shooting first of all so just tell us about, about that first round of shooting because uh, as you'll find out I, I lost but uh, yeah it was, a, it was an interesting it, starting yeah. round I had some tremendously lucky dice in the first shoot phase um, so I managed to put two wounds on the Witch King's Fell Beast uh, which nobody expected mm. um, which then meant that you retreated a little bit 
And so I threw one of my heroes under the bus um, and charged him straight up ahead of everyone to throw a spear. Mm. Um, and he spent all of his might points to then kill the Witch King's fell beast, uh, which was a bit of a shock to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, everyone was looking around from other tables going, whoa, yeah, what? Absolutely. You killed the Witch King already. Um, but yeah, so it's a fog of war scenario. So we, we're trying to take an objective, uh, some terrain. We've got to kill a secret uh, hero and protect a secret hero of ourselves. Yeah. And you'd obviously chosen the Witch King to kill, yeah. and I chose the Witch King to protect. So that was a bad start for me. Yeah, it's it's always funny when these things work out um, I was, I, I, it's all psychology mm. I thought that you'd think that I'd pick the normal ring race because he's easier to kill yeah. um, and so if you flew off with him it makes it harder for me so I made the Witch King my objective thinking that you'd be more likely to throw him in mm. uh, because he's more survivable um, and I just got really lucky dice which set it up nicely for me yeah that's what that, I, I was I was debating doing exactly that and just sort of flapping around with the ring wave but I suppose when you've got three models you kind of need to get them all stuck in yeah really. you can't afford to keep a model safe when you've got three and of course uh, uh, you've ki- you managed eventually uh, to kill the uh, to kill both the, the ring raids uh, just sort of wearing it down with that with the banner the, the gambling's banner which is yeah, really yeah, essential it's, it's, and you had the free strikes as well with the with the special rule yeah so it was quite a, a good match up in that when, we ca- when it came to fighting Sauron all of my heroes were still alive um, so they could all come in to have a pop at him and then with the, the free might point every turn on all of them it meant I had at least three heroic strikes to try and either match mm. him or, or get higher and, and a couple of turns you did match him I did get a couple of turns that I, I won I, I managed to kill gambling in the end so I got my three points for that which brings it to a 12-3 victory to you in the end but um, in terms of the, the, the game what, what did you think um, when you faced up again when you knew you were facing Sauron and two, two Witch Kings on Felbeast was it a scary prospect or did, were you thinking actually I can do this this is the scenario for me yeah if it had been many of the other scenarios it would have been game over before we started but I got quite a lucky scenario um, which does happen sometimes mm. um, and so I, kn- I knew that I could divide and conquer in this which, which is what the army is very good at yeah because of course you've got enough meat in between that even if I did barge or stri- uh, combat or anything like that you, I, I'm only going to hit some riders before yeah, I get yeah. and you've got so many striking heroes that I guess th- there's always a chance somewhere that I'm going to be able to get one I only managed to kill one hero in the end because you've got so many to kill yeah it was the hero you needed though so it all worked out yeah yeah, it's a good game though so so you're winning here what, what are you hoping for for the rest of the tournament are you what are you what missions would you like to be playing and what uh, opponents would you like to be facing with? Uh, I'm not too sure to be honest I, I like Rohan in the new edition I think they're quite interesting there's mm. lots of little tricks they can do mm. um, so I'm just looking forward to having as many games with them as I can and just trying to work them out well thanks very much Will for having a chat with me Lovely. appreciate Thank it you. cheers mate a first round lost so not a great start for Sauron and the gang but then it was announced that game two would be Lords of Battle <laughs> so game two has just finished uh, Lords of Battle which was quite a nice one for Sauron I must admit and Luke was my opponent Luke just just give us a, a quick idea of what your army list was so my army list was a uh, Rivendell list mm-hmm. uh, I had Glorfindel as my leader he was on Asphaloth with Armour of Gondolin so of course, all kitted yeah. up uh, the other heroes were Círdan and Arwen mm-hmm. which were relatively cheap but quite useful with their magic yeah. uh, and then I had uh, three Rivendell knights in there uh, a few normal swords guy. I had nine bows and then three Rivendell knights as well. So quite a well-rounded force. I, yeah, I absolutely. Think. I, I think you're quite. You're certainly right. This scenario not ideal to come up against Sauron mm. and two ring raids on Felbeast though. No. As soon as you sort of said uh, when we're having lunch, uh, I'm not playing you. I was like, what have you got? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was. I think. I think you mentioned it sort of toward the end of our game. If I sort of just focused on Sauron, not focused on your Felbeast, mm. I may have had a bit of a chance, but there's no guarantee with Glorfindel that 
he'll strike up to 10 you always go to 10 with a strike yeah absolutely. Uh, and then my leader goes down straight away I think yeah. it's a difficult and also I, you know we're saying I, you try and avoid the fell bit you, you can't really avoid fell, fell no. beats because they've got 12 inch move they've got magic and they're exactly. really annoying so exactly, yeah. so any time you're not charging them I guess they're going to be pestering you they're going to be doing magic and all this sort of stuff to uh, do but I, I, I think because Sauron's survived with no wins taken yeah. um, so so it, it's a weird one but I think we'll have to do actually do the fully tallying up but I think it's it's not quite 12-0 because I didn't triple the amount of people you've killed oh really but um, okay. I, I just looking at the just that. looking at the maths <laughs> I think it's 38 to me and 10 to you uh, sorry 28 to me uh, yes, it 10 is. to you so, so uh, not quite 12 10-0 I'd make that yeah 10-0 yeah. so I killed uh, uh, Glorfindel in a in a pretty brutal combat at the end because you'd lost your yeah. um, you'd lost your strike you lost didn't have any strike. might anymore so. yeah Glorfindel made a bit of a boo-boo um, he took a, a black dart from what I think it was the Witch King maybe mm-hmm. uh, on his horse uh, he used all three of his fates to try and save it and he still didn't strike. he used all of his might to to, um, to try and yeah, was, save his it, horse it was that last I think it was one one point of might that he spent on that that could have been used for a strike and so on yeah but, exactly but yeah. I, I'm generally I think your your list is, is probably really well balanced for every other mission than Lords of Battle against Sauron against Sauron yeah I mean in my first game uh, I played uh, Thrandall's Hall and Iron Hills Alliance uh, it's the, twor- the dwarves with the strength four that could kill me. Uh, obviously, I had against fight five as well, so it wasn't ideal. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those games where you face Sauron, Lords of Battle. It's always going to be an uphill task. Yeah, it's yeah uphill struggle. You're re- really going to really going to find it difficult. And um, what do you think generally to to the the Rivendell list? Because I know a lot of people have brought Rivendell. In fact, uh, just the table to our left, yes. they've got Rivendell. Uh, the ne- one along from that has got Rivendell. Yeah, yeah. And you see, and over there, there's there's a sea of Rivendell here. I, yeah. Do you think it's do you think it's a bit overpowered, or, or the, the 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 heroes are too too good? I don't think it's, it's too good. Obviously, every hero's got. I mean, you bonuses. would say that you're playing with it. But. I would say that. Um, but yeah, obviously you've got your Glorfindels, your Elrons, Gilglads. They are troop, troop trompers, so they will kill anything. Mm. But it's the scenario and the armies you face. Um, but they do cost a lot of points as well. Uh, and obviously you've got high points, it costs the troops as well. So it counterbalances that. So your, your numbers aren't going to be too high either. Um, but yeah, I think as a force, they are well-rounded. That can deal with most scenarios. Mm. Uh, but again, I don't think they're too powerful. They're not too powerful. I don't think anything is too powerful now, which is, which is good. Which no, is good. I, I think I think that the, the balance is just about right. That it's it's manageable. And like like we say, with a different scenario, if this was objective grabbing, well, I think I think yeah. you'd be I, I'd be fighting the uphill struggle because I just have no idea where yeah. where to go and who to kill and blah blah yeah. blah. But it's, so. it's, it's one of those things. It's a tournament. You don't know what scenarios will come up. Mm. You just try and get an army that you think can deal with most things. Obviously, that was the idea behind my army. Mm. Try and deal with most scenarios and most armies but yeah it's yeah it's one of those things well anyway good game luke uh, good best game. of luck in your next one thank you very much cheers, Harry. cheers a win in lords of battle but then as scenarios are wont to do i came up against my least favorite scenario with three models hold ground playing it against scott johnson so massive, massive matchup there. Um, Sauron and the two ringwraiths against um, against Thorin's company. Uh, Scott, and first of all, just just I guess just your instant reactions to the matchup. What what did you think when you first saw Sauron and the two ringwraiths on the table? Uh, well, I'm quite exhausted now after after, after that. But uh, I was I was quite worried. I knew it was going to be a war of attrition. Really, mm. um, I had twenty odd might. 
So it's just a case of can I, can I keep enough models on the board while whittling down your will mm. and hope the uh, flappy things flap away. Um, <laughs> and, and actually, I was the same because you have, I think, exactly three times more will, uh, sorry, might than me. Um, I was more worried about making you break um, before I, uh, before you, with the hold ground we were on. So it was, oh, I, I was just getting very nervous about the hold, hold ground because if I killed you too quickly, you'd just insta win. Yes. But, yeah. uh, as it turned out, you did win, <laughs> but it, was, it took a lot longer than we expected. Yeah, but it did actually end on the first, first turn after mm. breaking, which was uh, fortunate for me. I think you were, you were very unlucky with some wound wills with... Sauron. You but then a lot of a lot of the dual rolls and the priority rolls went my way. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it probably evened out in the end. Your uh, your combat rolls were. You should have killed a lot more, a lot quicker. Mm. But uh, I just just managed to keep enough dwarfs alive in the middle. Yeah. Just just to take them to now a victory. But it was a, a yeah. great game. It was. It was fantastic. I'm just it was so nail biting because every single move because there were so few models but they were so important. It was really really important where they ended up going and and just the movements and the amount of time we spent on the mites and the strikes and deciding which model to uh, uh, transfix for example and which model to charge and things like that. It was it was a nail biter. Yeah. It was a great. Uh, great tactical game I'm not used to playing with so few models so it's, uh, it's a certainly a learning curve for, curve for me and uh, uh, probably made a few mistakes but uh, yeah I think we I think both did but uh, did you have any tactics that you had in mind going into it or were you just going to go straight for it and charge to the whole uh, ground centre I thought it was get, get to the middle um, and then just try and keep one dwarf in combat with um, the ringwraiths each turn to try and whittle down your mm. your will um, try and get the ones with heroic defence in there so that hopefully they could last a couple of rounds so uh, hopefully take two or three will off you without um, charging everybody in at once and to be fair that worked because the first ringwraith did, did go down because of the will I mean I might have spent a little bit too much on the magic early on but, um, but I think he, he went down quite quickly and then it was just hanging on for the Witch King but yeah it was, yeah. It was a really good matchup so, so that puts you on a win and a uh, uh, what, what does it put you on now? Two wins and one loss now Two wins and one loss that's, yeah. that's awesome so what are you hoping to face up against with Thorin's company or you've also brought Hunters uh, Azog's uh, Hunters Azog's Hunters as well so I'm one of the few people that bought two, two armies I thought I'd go for the uh, theme of Azog's Hunters uh, chasing down Thorin's company mm. um, this was the first game with Thorin's company um, and I'd like uh, I'd, I'd like to play a bit more with Thorin's company tomorrow. <laughs> It'd be nice but to come up against a normal evil army for you, I suppose, or something like a Moranan army, because then you can you've got the overwhelming heroes to chop chop through things. Yeah, yeah, and 13 is not actually a low low model mm. count. So mm. uh, if you come across an army of uh, of 40, 40 or so, you mm. uh, you know it's a it's a normal army count. And Absolutely. Yeah, I've only got to take take three out for each each one of mine. So yeah, it'd be nice to play with a bit of Thorin's company tomorrow, but. I'm not holding out any uh, great hopes of a high finish. Well, there you go. Well, thanks very much, Scott, for the game. It's brilliant. Great. Cheers. Pleasure. Cheers. Lovely. Something we didn't mention in that chat was that Ori pulled out an excellent feat in the very first turn. Scott rolled a six to hit with Ori against Sauron. He has just a little, um, a, a little slingshot, um, which, because of his dead eye rule, rolling that six to hit meant I lost a wound on Sauron straight away. If he'd got a five to hit, it would have been sixes by sixes to wound him. So, yeah, that was pretty lucky. A great work there from Ori. Um, such an ignominious way to suffer a wound on Sauron. A pebble to the eye. Ouch! 
From there, it was a break before the second day. We had a great quiz that evening, uh, which Scott and his uh, son, Harry, and I actually won the quiz, which is the first. Uh, that was great fun. Uh, my knowledge of the filming of The Lord of the Rings, I think, really helped me there. Uh, and, uh, of course, Scott and Harry's excellent knowledge of the history of Middle-earth. Somehow, knowing the year that Pelennor Fields uh, happened uh, was excellent work on Scott's behalf. Uh, but then, because of time the next morning, I didn't get to speak to either of my two uh, first two opponents but I'll, I'll summarise I managed to beat Aragorn and his dead friends in Contest of Champions uh, before being bogged down by Lake Town in the fifth game of the tournament although Sauron survived that game the lack of sixes against Lake Town proved pretty darn frustrating he lost five combats in a row he didn't die of course which is a good thing uh, but uh, five combats in a row, and when he did finally turn up to the game, he killed 17 Lake Town in one go with a swing of his mace. So it just shows, maybe if I'd won those five combats in a row, might have uh, might have changed the outcome slightly. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, a loss was indeed a loss. So then on to the final mission, to the death against Dave Farmer. So, Dave, uh, just first of all, um, just give us an idea of your army list that, that you've taken uh, to the tournament this weekend. We've got Aragorn... Merry Pippin, Paladin, all with a bunch of hobbits, so like 40-odd hobbits, and then Kurdam, and uh, elves, 12 elves with spears, and you know, max bows and a banner. And Because and, uh, we don't see a lot of this, this is a convenient allies, with elves and uh, a, a sort of a hobbit gun line with elves in the, the back. What, was there a, a reason for choosing this army, or is it just something that you're comfortable with and play a lot? Or? It's basically, I realised it was army deadline day and it's basically the most the sort of the thing I default back to mm. pretty much the same as something I'd take last year last last edition but with Aragorn instead of Saruman the White which is basically the same kind of point so it still works nice nice yeah. and, and how how have you fared in most of your games uh, I say average uh, I lost a game on complete luck mm. Uh, which was like you know coming down to like within one and hold ground in the middle like had one less and it had been an unfortunate final turn for me so that was unlucky but uh, I lost a game because of uh, because of a really bad deployment mistake I made so I was completely fine with that I, I think I played it alright after that but I, the damage was too much I couldn't come back and uh, yeah I won three and I uh, just lost my final game against, uh, against you yeah. uh, and the, the final game was to the death so this is the banner one where you have to kill uh, leaders and you had a banner uh, and of course you're facing up against Sauron and the two ringwraiths and what, what did you think when you first knew, found out you were playing Sauron and two ringwraiths did what, what did you fancy your chances basically well considering about half my models are strength two and can't hurt Sauron I wasn't overly keen but I thought I, I felt like I'd have a decent shot at killing the Wraith I've faced a lot of fell beasts so I, I felt like I'd have a decent shot at killing off killing them off mm. um, and I do have elves with blades that can go to hand against Sauron that's a five by five you know there's Aragorn for the strikes because lowish might you know I should be able to outlast you might wise mm. and then there's um you know, strength four hobbits with axes, so that well three with axes. So you know that's sixes by fours. That's sort. Of, wait, no, sixes by fives. But that's kind of manageable. But of course, uh, you you got pretty unlucky with the. Uh, I mean, I, I sort of flapped my way over the board and, and took a few shots, took a few wounds on a, a couple of the fell beasts. But then uh, there was one turn I charged with uh, Mary with the Witch King, and you joined the fray with Aragorn quite sensibly. Um, but then it it didn't. Well, I say sensibly, it didn't work out for you at all. No, I think um, I think that was the the 
I think I'll be charitable to myself and say that was the, the mistake of the game, the, the only real mistake. Mm. Should have waited for a turn when you didn't charge. Mm. That I kind of forgot about it, honestly. I felt maybe slightly overconfident in uh, you know, free strike, three might, should be okay, but I didn't account on you uh, being able to roll sixes in every fight, which I think... It, yeah. Up until the end, it was every single fight. I think there was two with the Witch King that didn't, but up until, well, not counting the regular Little Wraith, but that was such a so long ago now. Yeah, I can't remember. Was, there were there were a lot of turns of, of basically I, after because I got I won that combat against Aragorn, yeah. uh, and you, you couldn't even mic the roll. It was just because you, you got a one on the strike, didn't you, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I got one on the strike, and you rolled a six, and so, I was like, oh, what? Yeah. You didn't uh, even go to ten either. No, it was, it, it it was like seven or eight. Absolutely, and then so so then. Uh, Aragorn dies in the first turn because of the knockdown and then the uh, the extra extra hits from the Witch King. Um, but then from then on, it was it was kind of you were you were really going to struggle, I guess, to to do any wounds against uh, Sauron and the with the hobbits. I guess that's the the difficult part of it. Now really. that I think about it, I actually got that was pretty lucky to kill him because I mean, what's that? Eight dice, probably wounding on fours. Mm. It must have done quite a lot because I mean, four, maybe wow. it was. It was I like think, something like four you, or five wins, wasn't it? You, yeah. you, the one that you, you failed your fate on ones, basically, didn't you? Rather than doing anything, yeah. Which which basically painted a picture for the rest of the game where it was just it was. And it's the problem with with a terror causing army is that you just ending up rolling so many terror checks. It's just it's a bit demoralising after a while, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, Kerdan was doing bits, and I was feeling relatively confident because I would never have to roll. I'd always get maximum. I'd get the you know have control. I'd kill the Witch King and all that. I felt confident, and then I could. You know, just constantly bundle on Sauron and wait for him to not roll a six, mm. which he never did, by the way. Mm. Um, he yeah, rolled a six he every combat, uh, yeah. Every or or the very least, if I didn't roll a six, oh, yeah. you didn't roll a no, four. You, you, rolled a, a, you rolled a five, which would have been good enough with your might, but then I rolled a four high or something yeah. on nine dice, I think it was. So you didn't even draw the might out. But it, it, it was a, a, a rough deal, really. But like you say, it, there were a couple of... Couple of things that just didn't go your way which massively swung the game and then from then it was because actually I, I'd completely forgotten about Kurdan's um, aura of command and because you'd cast that I'd taken two courage off Aragorn so I was feeling like well actually I can probably risk this on the balance of probability and still get a chance but of course I'd forgotten about that rule which ultimately actually was your downfall accidentally even though yeah, it was well, it should have been an advantage to you yeah, yeah. I mean and when, when Kurdan died was the hard one as well because you came in with you know I still had tons of models you know something like 50 models still on the board Aragorn died and I didn't really lose models in earnest until until the end to be honest until the last sort of five or six turns but but once once Sauron's got mobbed down it's just lots and lots of models taken yeah. off a turn with that with that special swinging mace, mace yeah, attack yeah exactly well the Witch King especially, yeah, especially with the sixes um, yeah. the, the Witch King with no might left fighting Kurdan and a bunch of elves with blades and I, uh, we both got the six I think was that one of the times when I got a six and I lost the roll off or was that one of the times when I feel like think, that was a roll-off. Yeah, I think I won yeah. all the roll-offs as well. Let's suffice to say, I, I, my dice were running pretty hot in, yeah, in this game, yeah. and your you, you just couldn't, couldn't do anything about I would it. I your, your dice, even when they sort of cooled off a bit, I just was steadfastly refusing to win fights. Yeah. Like uh, Witch King rolled a four highest, and then I proceeded to like roll eight, a four. Eight dice, three eight dice, yeah. three high. Yeah, that was that was probably the most ridiculous because that was the turn after the nine dice four high that yeah. scuppered me and I didn't even manage to get Saren's might out and I was just head in hands at that point well I'm, I'm sorry that it, I hopefully it, you got enjoyed it a little bit well uh, I mean there's a certain ridiculousness to it yeah. isn't there like once it's once you're sure it's out of your hands it's just yeah. chaos really yeah. 
Well, I, you've got a lovely army, and I love, I love the, the, the paint scheme, the co- very colourful hobbits, and the Grey Havens elves as well. But uh, yeah. thanks for having a chat with me, and thanks for the game, Dave. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. It's fair to say it was a rough game for Dave and his hobbits. If the scales had been balanced less in my favour with the luck and the dice on my side, who knows how it would have gone. That, though, secured me my third win of the tournament and brought the day to the end. But in this 750-point tournament, what was the winning army list? In the hands of Calamedans, this army stormed to victory at Into the Wilderland. Just finished the award ceremony and everything. Um, uh, well done, you ranked at top, and I believe you went undefeated for the entire tournament, is that right? Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> it's uh, pretty impressive, I guess, but it's just down to dice at the end of the day and just a, a lot of luck. A lot of luck. I mean, I, you, I, I think you're selling yourself short there. Just to, first of all, let's just have a quick check to find out what, what your list is for this 750-point event. So give us a general idea of what's in the army. So essentially, it's based on the five armies. It's uh, Mirkwood, led by Thrandil, mm-hmm. um, to which he's got heavy armour, extra swords, circlet of kings, yeah. on an elk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eleven Mirkwood warriors, four with bows, four with the glaives, and three with shield. And a Mirkwood knight with a shield in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for the dwarfs, you've got um, King Thorin on goat with Orchrist, mm-hmm. um, leading 12 iron hills with spear and shield, and one with a banner. And then uh, for the Lake Town contingent, it's a Lake Town captain, 11 Lake Town militia, four spearmen, three shield, four bow and Alfred in there for good measures for extra might. And, and obviously went undefeated this, so there must be something in here that's, that's uh, working particularly well. What, what do you think the, the crucial element of the, uh, of the list is? Because it looks like, I guess, you've got lots of spears in there with the Lake Town supporting a line of Iron, yeah, Gar- so uh, Iron Hills. I've played Elves and Dwarfs for many years, so it's just a case of playing to the strengths of the list, really. The synergy is great, but it just does come down to how you kind of really deploy and try and have your main game plan because I mean the strength 4 of the Adorfs is really good for breaking down like Moranans defence 6 and stuff like that and being able to feint with the front with the Iron Hills Dwarfs is really important as well because you get the fight 5 from the Spears and the Glaives so you're just maximising damage output and with the Glaives being a Spear and also an Elven Blade it means even if you come against other elf armies and stuff with the same ideas it's a case of right you've got an elven blade potentially against the high elf list which is more meta at the moment to get the roll-offs when they might not be able to and i suppose it helps uh, like you say coming up against those elves list with kurdan and uh, elrond with the lots of shots you've got a really strong front line with the with the shield wall and the iron hills yeah so it's, it's more about a case of if i'm going to be out shot then i'll make them shoot through defense eight if i can uh, it's not heavy on bows at all, really. It could be much better. Um, but it is a case of just trying to play to its strengths again, really, mm-hmm. and just seeing what you can really make. The Lake Town is a bit weaker, but it's a case of keeping them there for the spears and the extra attacks and just out of harm's way if you can. But, yeah, they've got to get through a lot of models to get into them to really do that. And you've got some monstrous heroes, of course, Thranduil and, uh, uh, and Thorin with the, with the goat, and of course Alfred feeding the, feeding the might there, which is a bit of a, bit of a sneaky trick. But um, what, what are you scared of most with that army? What sort of armies were you thinking, of? Oh, I really don't want to face so this? The real one I was worried about was playing Ed with his Rivendell Knight list, because I know for a fact he could outshoot me, because it's see a lot of bows. Mm. Um, and he's also got more magic than me with two um, Rafa Brunins and then Radagast on horse with a nature's wrath or whatever but my counter to that was i have one nature's wrath and i'll try and get a few guys off Mm. um and my free heroic combat with foreign a turn would likely kill a couple of guys with the elven blade 
Um, so it's just a case of trying to match that. I think the other scariest one would have been against Dewey, who I ended up playing. I played both Dewey and Ed, actually, so yeah. it was quite funny. So the, the um, two scariest lists you yeah, actually beat? I actually had to beat, yeah. but I'd planned it over in my head many a times of how it needed to work. So mm. it was a case of he has four eagles, Squaw here, Braddy on a sleigh, mm. and it's like if I played him against something like Lords of Battle, I would have lost easy. Mm. But because it was a the one that which is hold ground, I just needed to jump in with Maelstrom and get a turn, which enabled me to kill his leader and break him within the first two turns and then game switch on massively so it was again a case of luck and just playing to strengths essentially keeping them in one force blowing might to make sure they come in the right place uh, as opposed to being picked apart which it will usually happen and, and you say you're sort of you're slightly scared of Ed's uh, um, Rivendell Knight list. There's there's quite a few, there's a very small model count there. But I think generally the the it seems like the most competitive lists have a good mixture of absolutely everything. The the old kind of uh, in the previous edition, the old kind of filling it out with some pretty monstrous things that can damage a lot of things, but actually struggle with some scenarios. I guess the it, the new meta seems to be suggesting that we've got to go with a mixed army list if you want to be winning. See, I, I would disagree to a, a, an aspect to that mm. because I've only ever kind of played themed like lists and the fact that you now get green allies and stuff. Mm. I would play allies, but only if they were green. I mm. probably wouldn't play a, a yellow or a, a yeah. red, essentially. Um, but it's just so much more rewarding when you do win with a mm. themed list as opposed to a, a meta just chucking Maddie because he's white council like, and he's a green and stuff when you think, well, that's just kind of not really theme at all. Yeah, um, but that's just a case of down to the player and preference more than anything I think it's more advantageous like you say with Tom Harris and essentially he played a list which is all Gondor but his heroes are on foot and yet he's still taking third at a tournament so it's just how you play it as opposed to taking meta lists and going for that I mean essentially my list was used by Ryan who kind of copied it from the GT and he's came bottom table so <laughs> it can go either way so it's just a case of practice and obviously just experience I guess that can kind of win your games which is huge and I suppose those those like you said a, a, a little bit of luck you need you need to not uh, you, you need, need to certainly not be unlucky I guess exactly. that's the difference the 50-50 roll offs the roll offs for essentially board edges uh, courage tests god yeah. knows what there's so many variables in it you just think right okay this could happen this could happen and you've just got to plan and just kind of adapt to what happens as it goes on. So you've, you've won a 100-point event here, so you're uh, riding high at the, the top of the GBHL, I'd have thought, uh, now after a few podium finishes and, and that. Um, what's what's next next uh, tournament you're heading to, and are you thinking of ch- taking the same sort of thing or the same army, uh, but maybe a few or less or more points and things like that? To be fair, I've started doing more kind of southern events because it's getting more and more hard to kind of travel to a lot of mm. the, the northern events and things and going quite distant. So I'm starting to take more fluffy armies to encourage people in our southern league to kind of get more games in mm. so I'll probably play at Cheltenham for the next one and that'll be kind of a bit more fun I'll use something I wouldn't usually use it's when you play at the 100 pointers you have to take stuff which is competitive to compete which is the harsh reality of it but it's just what it is at the moment really you've got some really decent players which is the hard thing and you don't want to throw away a weekend without a shot at the title so and I suppose that with the with the new meta still settling there's so many people that, that could potentially be at the top because there's yeah. you know it, 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 nobody quite knows what what the the best stuff is just yet or certainly the best for them anyway 
I, I think that's definitely works in its favour because it is more of a balance aspect. So, I mean, you might not regularly play against something that you, you don't come across, in which case it's like, right, that's a shock. But with MetaList, they're getting more and more common, so therefore people will counter to them, mm. which is where I think people will go wrong. They will say immediately, right, Kurdan is great in the Rivendell list, therefore I can stand back and shoot. But the scenario dictates you need to get across the board and do certain objectives, so it might not favour them. Mm. So it's just a case of just learning what you want to play with and learning your play style and just trying to obviously practice it really so but yeah it's, it's still great fun for everyone I think nobody will just outright win a tournament just on the basis of I'm taking meta lists it should be a case of anybody should have a shot and that's what I like about it at the moment it's, there's been a new winner pretty much at every event so well, and, and you'd be adding to that tally, so well done, Callum. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you very much, Harry. Cheers. So there it is, Callum Edens, the vixer at Into the Wilderland, an excellent 750-point tournament ran by Mark Kempster, worth 100 points in the GBHL. So uh, Callum Edens will be rising up the ranks uh, very quickly after that win. Uh, and a fun pub quiz, again, I loved that, and some of the best terrain I've seen at a tournament in a long time. So kudos to Mark for all the effort he put into making so much terrain uh, in the weeks and days building up to that tournament so we're coming now to journey's end the next tournament i'm at will be the desolation of stockport on april the 5th and 6th so see you there uh, and the next episode of Entmoot will be out just a couple of days after that the same format uh, taking into account any of your comments uh, but i'll be first talking to one of the tournament organizers jamie giblin uh, he was instrumental in getting me back into the hobby after a, a five or six year hiatus by uh, starting up or certainly being a very early person uh, doing the Great British Hobbit League Facebook group that so many people are involved in and of course the uh, the GBHL YouTube channel podcast uh, which is fantastic. The other organiser of the tournament uh, is James Clark who I would be talking to if he wasn't responsible for Ardacon, one of the biggest tournaments uh, and the not just in the calendar here in the great british hobbit league but also in the world so i'll save him uh, i'll save a chat with him for a later podcast about ardicon hopefully also a quick cheeky plug for my own event lord of the imps which is in lincoln uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast i'd appreciate the support for my event in october see what I did there I'll put a link to the event pack in the podcast uh, it's also on the GBHL calendar so have a look there if you're uh, if you're in the GBHL Facebook page uh, but if you want any details fire over an email to entmootpodcast at gmail.com and while you're at it why not have a go at the riddle in the dark from earlier in the podcast who is the next person to speak in this clip and what do they say next Please do send in any comments and feedback. They're really welcome, especially because you're the one who's listening to it. I'd like to do what you would like to do, not just what I want to do. So uh, please do fire them over to the emails uh, email address. Um, but until next time, thanks for listening, and may your dice ever roll sixes. The end or the studios that make them. Nor am I involved in the Amazon TV series, though if anyone knows anything more than they're saying on Facebook, please let me know.